are you? Hi, family. High five the person next to you. Stay standing. I'm really, really excited for this morning because church, I love church. It's so awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited because I've been on holiday and I've just come back. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm currently in the pregnant state, um, which is good times. Yep, good times. And uh, it, was, it was quite an interesting holiday. We went to Queenstown, uh, my husband and I, and uh, we decided we would chase snow these, these holidays, which was fun. Um, and uh, the thing is, I've been struggling a little bit with the pregnancy situation because I've realized there are things that I cannot do now that I used to be able to do before. <laughs> and so when we went on holiday, uh, I was really looking forward to doing the Queenstown things, the luging, the skiing, the adventuring, the, like, I wanted to do the shot over jet. And, uh, and like the, the, the whole time I was, I was so excited and it didn't click. I didn't click until we actually got down there. I can't actually do that stuff. It's not that I can't, they won't let me. <laughs> even, even if I wanted to, even they won't let me, they won't let me lose. And, it's, uh, and it, was, it was quite a struggle for me and my husband thought it was hilarious because he had to have about six conversations with me like this. No, Esther, you can't ski. Not, no, it's not, no, it's not okay. And I would reply with, why not? <laughs> Women can do anything. <laughs> Girl power, you see how stupid those statements are? So stupid. Anyway, the point is, there is quite obviously a new season that my husband and I are walking into but the thing is, if I keep holding on to an old way of life, I jeopardize, I jeopardize an oncoming new season. If I am so consumed in the way that I wanna do things, the way that I'm used to doing things, the way I'm used to seeing things, my idea of life, my idea of uh, like social fun or whatever, my preference, my comfort, if I'm so stuck on that, if I don't shift, if I don't move, if I don't surrender, what will happen is I will put at risk my future. I will put at risk the very thing that God has for me. I will put at risk the promise. And so this morning, I believe God wants us to shift because it's a new season now. It's a new day. There's something new God has for us. And we've gotta have our eyes on the new so we can let go of an old way of doing things, the way we used to function, the way we used to feel, the way we used to approach things, the old ideas, the limited thinking, they may have served you for one season, it will not serve you for the next, it won't. Cause it's a new season and it's a new day. Come on, a fresh anointing is on my way 
fountain of power and prosperity. Come on, this is the new season. Declare it. Said it's a new season coming to me. Say it's a new season. It's a new, it's a new day. It's a new Come on, we're letting go of the past and it's a fresh anointing. An anointing of power is on the Prosperity, it's a new season coming to me. Oh, it's a new season coming to me. Sing it out. Said it's a new season. It's coming to me. It's on the Father, this morning I pray you would shift us, you would move us, you would reposition us, God, because we don't want to miscarry the promise. God, we don't want to put at risk the future, but Lord, we want to move forward in you, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Can you shout amen? All right, all right. High five people, then take a seat. So this morning, I really believe that God wants to do some repositioning because there really is a, I, I just sense it in my spirit that come the end of 2018, you will truly be in a new territory. I believe God has that for us, a new territory, a new space, a new land to dwell in, a new space to put our feet on. And it's, and, and, and really, I believe that now is the time to change, to move, to shift into this new space. But we can't be those stubborn people. You know, I, look, I know stubborn. Ask my husband. I know it. But it will jeopardize. It will jeopardize the new thing that God has for us. And so uh, there's, there's a... There's a real sense of urgency that I have in my spirit that because the new season is coming, it calls for a new level. So this morning's message, if you, if you like titles, it's called Level Up. <laughs> I know, I thought people under 25, well, you might like that. Anyway. <laughs> this morning, we're gonna level up. It's the Level Up Challenge. Jesus style. And I really believe the time is now that this it's not the time for second guessing. It's not the time for hesitation. The time is now. The time is now to move. The time is now to shift. The time is now really to reposition. And that word reposition, uh, this is this is really what it means. That re in that word, it means again and again. 
right? So we never stop repositioning ourselves because God always has something better for us. It's glory to glory. He's always moving us. And so again and again, He's saying, come on, reposition. Some of you might be thinking, I've done this before. I've taken this step before. I've moved before. I've shifted before. Well, it's time to do it again. There's a new, there's a new, it's time to do it again. It is a repositioning. We don't get positioned once and then that's it. But every day, come on, every season, we reposition again. And then position, it simply means uh, to put in a particular appropriate, I thought it was on the screen. I, do, I wasn't just looking at myself. But position means to put in a particular or appropriate uh, place or situation. And so that God wants to reposition us, not just for the sake of movement, but there is a more appropriate space for you to be in now. There is a more appropriate space for us to shift into now. It's, it's, it's kind of not appropriate anymore to be acting the way we've been acting. It was okay for a season. It has brought you this far, but it cannot take you any further. But now there is a more appropriate surrender. There is a more appropriate faith. There is a more appropriate courage. There is a more appropriate worship. There's a more appropriate faith. And we've got to move now and allow the Spirit of God, not me, but allow the Spirit of God to reposition us. And so this morning, our scripture, our reading this morning is taken from the book of Ruth. I like like the story of Ruth and there's just a couple of areas this morning that I would like us to level up. And it's it's not at all an exhaustive list, but it is something that's been stirring in my spirit for, this, for the rest of this year, the second half of this year, these are, these are three areas where I want to level up, where I wanna ensure that I'm being uh, movable, malleable enough so that when the new season comes, I am someone who walks into it with joy and not like kicking and screaming and throwing a tantrum. Yeah? Okay, awesome. And Josh is gonna hang out with me because he's good. Yeah, you can give Josh a hand. Some of you weren't sure. And so in the book of Ruth, a lot of you will be familiar with the story already, uh, but we know that there was a man, his name was Elimelech, and in Ruth in chapter one, verse one, it says this, in the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. His wife's name was Naomi, and so they moved to Moab. And when they moved to Moab, their sons married two women, one woman each, uh, Ruth and Orpah. And they lived in this land, and unfortunately, though they ran away from famine, tragedy hit this particular family where both of their sons died leaving their wives husbandless and really uh, leaving Ruth and Orpah with kind of no choice uh, but to uh, like have no legacy or to leave this family that they had come to love. 
and to find another path. But what had happened as we read in the story was that Ruth and Orpah had fallen in love as women of Moab. They had fallen in love with with the God of Naomi and Elimelech. They had gained a faith in God that had gripped them and that and they wanted they, they Naomi said I can't I can't be here anymore uh, this is no longer my land I've got to go home to where I've come from and Naomi went to go and leave and the two daughters said we're going to go with you and they walk along and as they're walking uh, Naomi says you must go back you've got to go back there's nothing that I can give you what am I going to do get married again have sons and you're going to wait for them to grow up and then marry them and there your legacy will be no that's not going to happen go back and find your own lives and there at that point Orpah says oh okay I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to Moab but Ruth says no I will cling to you Ruth says where you go I go your God will be my God and the interesting thing as I was doing a little bit of study is that, that uh, the Moab, the place, is described in Jeremiah 48, 11 as the, as the place that doesn't require change. It's the place that doesn't require change. It's the place of comfort. It's the place of convenience because when this family, when they were living when they were living in Israel and severe famine hit, what do we do as humanity? We move to a place where we can quickly have control and comfort. Do we not? And so this family moves out of the challenge and they move to a place that is more comfortable, more that they can control. Moab is also the place that falls just short of the promised land. Moab was the last encampment before the Israelites moved to take the first of the promise. So what do they do? They move out of the promise and they move into comfort. They move out of the place of promise because of challenge and they move in to the place of comfort. And so in this place of Moab, we all have Moabs in our life, right? We all have the places that we cling to that doesn't quite require change. It's all good. I can do my Sunday church Christianity thing. I can do my job. I can do my family. This place doesn't require any change. It is comfortable and it is convenient. The trouble is, it's not like you won't grow in that place. It's not like you won't progress if you live in Moab. The thing is, you just won't have full access to the promise. Your life will always be limited. Your life will always be limited if you wanna stay in Moab. You will be surrounded by limited ideas, limited people, limited philosophies, limited creativity, limited thinking. But in this new season, God is wanting to break us out of that which is limited of the limited place, and it might have served you well. But when tragedy hits again, there's only one place that we need to go, and that is back to the promise. (laughs) That's back to the promise. In Ruth, uh, in in chapter one and verse 14, uh, it says, they wept together, Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung tightly 
to Naomi. So when the time came, when the time came, Orpah stood at the brink of breakthrough and then she chose no thanks. I think it is, I think he is a very kind and merciful God who gives us a choice. He does not, he never forces us into a new season. He simply places it in front of you. He says, will you come? And the first level up challenge I wanna give you this morning is, the, is to, to level up and move. 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 Move from Moab. Move from the place that doesn't require change because convenience and comfort can't live in the same realm as the call of God. Move. Move. Convenience and comfort cannot live in the same realm as the call of God. Move. Move out now from that place. Move into a new space. Come on, God is calling you on. He is faithful. He is kind. He is loving. He will be with you. Move. I know, I know it's hard to leave things behind. I know that there might be uh, things you need to grieve or you need to let go of, but you've got to let go of those things because the promise is in front of you. Go, 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 move, move, move this morning. Can I encourage you to move? Each of us has a choice every day to remain in the Moab of our lives. The place where the people are just like us. The place where we've always belonged. The place that makes no real demand on us. Or to embark on a journey of faith to a new country. So where do you need to make a move in order to experience the blessing that God has for you? What I love is that Naomi discovers after tragedy has twice hit her life that as she moves, that God isn't done with her yet. As when she feels like everything's been stripped away from her, when she moves, she realized that God's not done with her story. And if there are people here and you had the God dream, the God hope, the God desire, the God vision, something that was greater than yourself to serve a city, a nation, a community, but you've been living in Moab and things are limited and stuck and you feel things have been stripped from you. Can I tell you this morning, it's not over yet. It's not done. You have not seen your final victory. You, it's, God is not, He's not done with you. You are, you are here, you are breathing, you are in this place where the King of Kings is and He's not done, He's not done. But we, we together, we've got to understand that God's not like got a, like a silver spoon serving kind of God. But we've, we must do things that provoke the call of God in our lives. That's called faith. So when we move in faith, leave things behind, move forward, God meets us there and He can continue to write the story. But when we stand still or move back and say, oh no, it's not for me. Effectively, we take the pen back from God and say, I'll write it. But can I just say, you're not that good at writing stories. 
you're not. And so this morning, I pray you would level up in your movement. I pray we would move. In, in chapter two, verses one to three, it says this. Ruth and Naomi have now uh, moved. They've, they've moved themselves back to Israel or back to Bethlehem. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into, into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by everyone who was kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. And this, the, the story carries on in verse 17, it says this. So Ruth gathered barley there all day. And when she beat out the grain, that evening it filled the entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. If we can just keep that uh, verses uh, 17 and 18 up there. You know, what, what, I, what I love about this is that Ruth worked all day and all night. I love that. She worked all, all day and all night. She worked all day gathering the grain. And then all night she beat out that grain so it could be of use. The second challenge I wanna give us tonight, the le uh, this morning, the level up challenge is the level up in our work. That we don't just move, but when we move to a new space, we don't just move and just kind of sit there nice and pretty and say, I God, do your thing. Like he's some kind of genie and we just gotta rub the lamp. That's not God. That's a fairy tale that doesn't exist. That will get us in trouble. That will, help, that, that will help us move closer and closer, quicker and quicker to despondency and to deceit. But when we move to the new place, we got work to do. We got things to do. And so I want us to level up this morning in our work. She worked day and night with what was in front of her, her future. Listen, Naomi and Ruth's future was in the hands of the family redeemer, but every day they just did what was in front of them. You just gotta do what is in front of you to do. Come on, what are, here's a question. What are the things that you are working on day and night? Are there things? <laughs> or we just work during the day, then clock out. Then we get to our, our, our night, we just kind of clock out a life. Come on, what are the things that we are working on day and night, committed to giving our whole lives to? If we're not giving our whole lives to something, what are we doing? Could just be me, because that's the way I love to live life. <laughs> I'm an all or nothing kind of girl. 
but I know I wouldn't be okay living a half and half kind of life. I love, I love that all day, every day that I can work at what's what God has given me. I love that I can take what God has given me and I can, I can gather it all day and at night I can beat it. I can get down on my knees and I can pray and I can pick up the phone and I can dream and I can strategize and I can think and I can love and I can reach out. I can work on things day and night. Come on, there's gotta be, when we're moving to the promise, it's a space where there's purpose and intention and we can work on things. I pray right now, if you're not in a place where there's something in your life that you can give your life to, work on day and night, loving it. I pray that in this season, God would reveal it to you because it's a great way to live life. Do you know what, what, what made our holiday, our, we had like 10 days away, what made our holiday amazing is that we work hard <laughs> when, we're at, when we're here at home in Auckland. And so when we go away on holiday, I'm like, yes, I earned this. <laughs> I earned this sleeping. I earned this eggs benedict twice. I'm kidding, I... I only did that once. I think sometimes we wonder why things aren't working, but we haven't thrown ourselves at anything. I pray that we work hard, that we worship, that we devote ourselves, that we're generous with our encouragement in the workplace, that we pray and we fast for our families. I pray we pick up the phone and have hard conversations that we've been avoiding. I pray we apply for the promotion. I pray that we put the proposal together. I pray that we knock on our neighbor's doors. I pray that we go to our community and we love. I pray that we work hard day and night. Why? Because God's not a, you know, God is a for sure thing. Can, can I just get an amen? <laughs> God's a for sure thing. He's not like, a, I'm just gonna roll the dice and see what happens kind of God, <laughs> right? He is a for sure thing. When God promises something, He does it. When God says, I have this for your life, He does it. He said to Abraham in Genesis 22, I swear I will open the heavens and I will bless you. I swear I'm gonna do it. There's no double chance about it. There's no, I wonder if He will or if He won't. And that's why I'm okay to work hard because that's my God. He comes through on every promise. He comes through on, on everything He has said. And thus far, that's what He has done. What excuse do I have? I have none. Sometimes I try and make them up. But really, God has been faithful. And because of that, I can, I can, I can give all that I am. Romans 12, 1, we know this, it says, and so dear brothers, and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, give your bodies, give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a holy and living sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is the way to truly worship Him. Give your bodies to God. Give your bodies to God. 
because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living, a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Do you know there are, um, there are realms of the kingdom and there are facets of our God that will never be revealed to the casual worshiper. There are facets of the kingdom and aspects of our God that will never be revealed to casual, part-time worshipers. But as we give all that we are to God, He makes good on His promise. And it's, it's not just that He blesses us, but He shows us a part of Himself that we would otherwise never have known. That's why we move and that's why we work hard. We move and we work hard because we get to see a part of a loving Father we never knew before. We get to see and experience a love we've never known before, a hope we've never known before, a dream we never thought we could be a part of. And I know this because I look at my life and I think, who on earth decided this would be a good idea for me? <laughs> Most of the time, I'm pretty sure someone's gonna figure out, I've got no idea what I'm doing. And most, 100% of the time, I'm good with that. I don't need to know, because I know God knows. I know He knows, and as long as I'm walking with Him, as long as I'm moving with Him, as long as I'm working and walking with Him, I know that He lays in front of me a path that is not necessarily easy, not easy at all, but a path of a life that I never thought possible. It truly is abundant and more than I could ever ask or dream or imagine. Come on, if there are areas where you haven't thrown yourself at something, I pray this morning you would throw yourself at the call of God. And may I just say, it's not your career or your call. I'm saying if you pursue the call of God, He will build your career. He will build your career. He will give you the promotions you desire. He will give you the desires of your heart, but we don't go after those things. We don't go, I I'd, I'd would never, I. I don't pursue a career, I pursue the call. And God blesses things and pulls those things into line. And lastly, I'm gonna ask the worship team to come on up. Lastly, I pray that we would level up this morning in our risk. That we level up in our movement, we level up in our work, and we level up in our risk. 
in chapter three in verses one to four. One day Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. for. Boaz is a close relative of ours and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young woman. Today he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now, do as I tell you. Take a bath, always a good idea. And put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. Now, for those of you sitting here thinking, that's a bit strange. Can I say, it is. It's strange. And I tried. Family, I tried to research this and find some kind of righteous double meaning. There is none. (laughs) I looked up everything I could to kind of, you know, make this Jesus-like. It is as nasty as it sounds. It really is. So I've got to be real careful on this last point and real clear that I am not suggesting you become risque. I am not suggesting that at all, okay? Lord, help me. (laughs) But truly, it is as weird as it sounds. In fact, uh, the, the uncovering of the feet the, the feet word, it is the, the same word also used for private parts. So it's nastier than you thought. <laughs> like you thought it was just the feet. The thing is, it's this one and the same word. There's no other word for it. We don't actually know what happened, whether it was the feet or whether it was higher than that. <laughs> we don't know. But that's beside the point and you're not to be distracted by that. The point is, Naomi says to Ruth, I want you to go and I want you to like like, like hang out and then watch for Boaz, watch as he lies down and as he goes to sleep, he's the family redeemer. And then what I want you to do is to just kind of uncover his feet and lie there and then he will take it from there. Now Ruth has got to understand that she is asking me to do something that could possibly mar and ruin my reputation. That any hope that I would have, if this goes wrong, any hope that I would have for having a good marriage is gonna be ruined by this moment. That there is risk in this moment. If this doesn't go a good way, I, I, I quite possibly am gonna be ruined. We are gonna be ruined. There's gonna be no way. We're gonna be, I'm gonna be begging and working all day and all night like this for the rest of my life. And so this was a big risk. But can I just say, let us not confuse risky faith with stupidity, which I think sometimes we do. And can we understand that the risk that was taken here was a risk to be forever connected in covenant relationship with the Redeemer? That was the risk. 
the risk wasn't, what is this gonna mean for me? But what I am risking here is I will put everything on the line to be forever in relationship with the Redeemer. I will put everything on the line. This could turn out terrible, but at least I know I put everything on the line, not for money, not for, for materialism, not for anything else, but I put everything on the line because if I can just be connected to the Redeemer, if I can just be connected in relationship to the Redeemer, I'm, everything else is gonna be taken care of. And so I pray that we would level up on our risk, but not just any kind of risk. I pray we'd level up on our risk on the way we do things just to be connected more with Jesus, just to know Him more, just to hear His voice more and more, to be familiar with His throne room, to hear Him leading and guiding and directing us all the time, that when we need to move, there's no fear. And if there is fear, we can stare at it in the face and move anyway but I pray that the risk we take is I will do anything, God, so I can be in greater relationship with You. I will remove every obstacle, God. I will remove everything that's in my way. I will risk it all. I'll risk it all, God, if I can just be in connection with You, because I know if I'm with You, everything else is going to be okay. And so this morning, I pray you level up in the amount of risk you take to know God more. I pray you level up the kind of risk you take. There's some of the conversations I have with younger people are quite interesting. They might go through some challenges in their life and they might say, it's really hard and I'm not quite sure what to do. And, all of that, and one of the things I will ask is, have you prayed? And sometimes they will say yes, and I'll say great. And then I'll say, have you fasted? And they'll be like, oh, fasting, oh, how revolutionary. I'll be like, try that. Have you, have you gone to the Word of God? How, how many times have you stayed up till midnight praying about that breakthrough? How many times have you woken up early in the morning with that burden on your heart and you were praying and praying and praying? How many times were you just searching and searching for God or you just sitting pretty? I pray we wouldn't be those people, but I pray we would risk it all. We'd risk sleep. For most of us, that's top five of the precious things. Right? Right? Yeah, some of, we're not nice people when there's not sleep. I pray sometimes we would risk sleep. I pray we would risk resource. I pray we would risk things so that we would be in covenant relationship with our Redeemer. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? So Ruth, she risks. And uh, if you don't know the story, um, Boaz kind of wakes up and he's like, well, what are you doing, you know? And, uh, and it all it works out 
fine, you know, he says, yeah, okay, good times. What Ruth did was um, effectively a marriage proposal. And so he says, okay, Boaz says, what I want you to do is I want you to take a whole lot of grain and go back to your mother-in-law. And uh, I've got to sort a few things out because there is actually someone else in our family line that you should marry before you marry me. And as a man of integrity, he wanted to ensure that these conversations were had. And so Ruth goes home with her grain and she says to Naomi, he, just, he told me to take home the grain and, and just wait. And so what I love is that Ruth and Naomi then just sat then at the end of moving and working and risking. Then they sat and trusted God to do the rest. Then. There is a time to do that. There is a time to sit and say, okay, God, I've done all that I can. Now it's your turn. Okay, God, I've moved. I've shifted everything. I've removed every obstacle. I've worked hard day and night. And now I sit here with the blessing you've given me and I say, do your thing, God. There is a time to do that. And so this morning, I just really firstly wanna pray for people who you have felt stuck in somewhere that feels like Moab, a place that is old, but you know, you just know. As I've been speaking this morning, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and just saying, there is a new season, a new space for you. And if that's you, man, in this moment, would you respond by what, Whatever way you want to, you might wanna lift your hands. Just, and you're saying to God as you lift your hands, God, I am ready for the new season. I realize that it may not be easy. I realize I need to move. I realize I need to throw myself into the call of God. I realize that I need to risk more, but God, I'm ready for you to take me to the new season. I'm ready to walk with you, to work with you, to risk with you. So if that's you in this moment, Come on, just lift your hands. Lift your hands as a sign of surrender, as a sign of God, I'm moving with you. And as you lift your hands, would you confess with your mouth as the team sings this song once more? Would you confess with your mouth, God, I'm ready to move. God, I'm ready to move forward in you. God, I'm ready to shift. God, I'm ready to throw myself into it. God, I'm ready to risk again. Come on, lift your voice. Prosperity. 
my, right now I just feel like God is giving people clarity on where to move to. Clarity, clarity, clarity. That the, it's been confusing. Where should I go, God? I wanna go, I wanna move. But right now, if you've been in confusion as to where to step to, God is giving you clarity right now. Come on, if that's you and you've been in a shroud of confusion, I pray right now a clarity in Jesus' name. I pray He would, in this moment, as He's revealing detail right now, detail you've not seen before, that there is a confirmation in your spirit right now. This is where I need to go. Father, right now I bind the spirit of confusion in Jesus' name and I rebuke it and I declare a divine clarity to come to people's minds, to come to people's spirit right now in Jesus' name. A clarity when it comes to where should I throw my life into? I pray right now that there would be clarity around this is what you need to give your life to. Oh, I pray you would fan into flame desires and dreams that have been let go of. That God would say that there's people here, I just hear God saying, He has not forgotten. He's not forgotten the dream He gave you years ago, that desire does not, and that, that, that dream does not have a, a due date, like it's, like it's gone, like it's overdue, it's gone, it's past, it doesn't, that God is still going to cause it to come to pass, and for you right now, I pray, come on, if that's you, you feel like the dream has died, I pray God would fan into flame again the dream. Awaken the dreamer in Jesus' name. Awaken the dreamer again. Oh God, where they may have fallen into a pit or have been stuck in a prison of despair, I pray, awaken the dreamer. Awaken the dreamer. Awaken the dreamer now. Reawaken the dream, Jesus. Thank you, God. Coming to me. It's a new season, and it's a new day, a fresh anointing, we receive it, Jesus, is coming our way. It's a season of power and prosperity. It's a new season, and it's coming to me. A season of power, a season of power, a season of power. I speak over us, I declare over us as a body, a season of power. Come on, moving in power, saying, let there be light, let there be healing, let there be books, let there be initiatives, let there be songs. Let there be a release of heaven's power in our everyday life. A release, a release of miracles, God. A release of the supernatural in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, a release of power. Thank you, God.